Okay. Clearly uh, he's gonna die, right? Getting surrounded, die. not oh. looking. Wait, what's that in the sky? Ooh. Oh! Is this Dragonfire? Is, is this, is this, this blood Bloodworm? Caraxes? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh it's a new dragon! That's no Bloodworm. Oh, Lainor coming through. Boy's got the moves. He can fly, he can fly. Okay. Oh, yeah, toasty. Did they not expect a second dragon? You always gotta expect a second dragon. Um, oh! I want to talk about this more later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beautiful work. Beautiful work. Smart. Dracaris indeed. Dracaris indeed. Oh, he likes it. Shoulder. He likes the moves. It's like, yeah. <laughs> where's, where's that, where's that deformed weirdo? <laughs> Give me the weirdo. <laughs> I want the weirdo. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. The crab feeder is now crab food. Rhaenyra has a new baby brother with another brother or sister on the way, and a new dragon rider has entered the chat. Yes. This is Big Question Presents Talking Dragons, our weekly fantasy after show. Look at that graphic. Oh my gosh, it's so good, so fiery. I'm Brandon Berg, uh, and with me today, we got a special guest on the show. It's Zach Huddleston. Yes, I came uh, to engage you in a dwarven endurance test. Oh, okay. And that dwarven endurance test is doing an episode of Talking Dragons. That's okay. right. We're, we're either going to finish the episode or give up. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, as always here on Talking, Dragon, Talking Dragons, we're keeping things future spoiler-free as possible in regards to the events of the book, okay? We can talk about things that happened in the past. We can talk about things that happened on Game of Thrones. But anything that's gonna happen in the book, uh, yes. we, we won't try and, and spoil and that. And we're trying to keep it TV show canon. Yes. So if there are differences between the books, we will be ignoring the book differences yes, yes. and trying to focus on the show. Also, for the first time on Talking Dragons, oh. we will be mentioning Rings of Power. Rings of Power okay? is it's here out. now. It costs a lot of money. And we're going to talk about yes, it. Yes, yes. Your 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 Amazon Prime orders have funded this show. <laughs> it is here. We're going to talk about this it. This show bit. is the reason those warehouse workers came to health insurance. <laughs> uh, the, the Alexa is listening to us as we say <laughs> these things. Uh, but let's kick off Talking Dragons uh, by discussing episode three of House of the Dragon, titled Second of His Name. Oh, it's been three whole years uh, that have gone by since the last time we looked in on Westeros. Viserys and Alicent are married, and their union has already produced a son. Oh, problem solved. <laughs> uh, and it's little Aegon's second name day. That's what they call a birthday in Westeros. The war against the Triarchy wages on in the Stepstones. But who wants to hear about that right now? We've got a lot of feasting to yes, do. Yes, it was a good food episode. Oh, and good a couple, food Or episode. maybe a bad food episode, depending on your opinions. But in honor of little Aegon's uh, second name day, by the way, I did like... There's a little variation in the show, but for the most part, they're calling him Egon. Yeah. As in, Egon, your face, big disgrace. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, in honor of that second name day, uh, they're holding a royal hunt. Now, royal hunts uh, in the history of uh, um, Game, Game of, of Thrones, Thrones yeah. not always a good thing for kings. No. And I think this one does not necessarily end well for the king. Robert Baratheon uh, basically died as a result of his yeah. big royal hunt. Uh, but they're bringing in bannermen from all across the land, including some potential partners for the still unbetrothed Rhaenyra. Uh, Otter's older brother, Lord Hobart Hightower, is here. And boy, he is um, A, just straight up calling second of his name. Okay, <laughs> in front basically, of the king. Which, in front of the current king. You only you only become the second of your name once you are king. Yeah. So he's basically saying like, hey, this little kid's gonna be the king someday. Um, he's also leaning into his brother Otto to push Viserys, right, to announce 
Egon as yeah. his heir. Um, lots of people getting pulled in multiple directions by a lot of whisperers in their in their ear. For right, sure. it's true. Uh, Rhaenyra is still clearly miffed about the union of her best friend and her father, but is also rightfully concerned about her supposed role as heir. As as you pointed out, it's clear that many of the lords are eager to move little Aegon into the role of Prince of Dragonstone and eventually take the throne because they want to see the men stay in power because it's pretty good if you're a lord in Westeros. Yeah, especially uh, a first son. Yeah. Not to be confused with the second Not son. Not the second um, son. Uh, and of course, Rhaenyra and her relationship with Alicent is icy. The last mm -hmm. we saw of them, she's kind of given her the death stare after re realizing she's been macking on her dad yeah. and is moving in to become her new stepmom. Also, Alicent has been super busy. She's pregnant. She's already got one kid. Right. Not a lot of progress from Rhaenyra in the last three years. No. She's still kind of hanging out under the tree. She's reading her books. She's, reading she's books. listening to music. We can assume she did some dragon training in the interim, but she's not finding uh, lovers, no. okay? She's not, not She's not politicking to gain not uh, power or sway. Uh, she's probably been moping. Yeah. It's been a very hot topic three years for Rhaenyra, <laughs> I think. Uh, been very emo. Um, but, uh, you know, Alicent's still trying to mend fences, still wants to be friends, still wants to be good uh, stepmother. Um, and uh, and she's also like, she's getting pushed by her father, mm -hmm. Otto, of course, to be politicking on behalf of her son. Uh, Viserys is torn, right? She's still kind of like that that um, uh, therapist, you yeah, know? She's, she's uh, helping him with this trauma, with, with what happened with his first wife and the fact that his body parts are falling off. You oh, know, we're gonna, we're gonna talk that. about that. Hey, fitting that episode three, and that's the same number of fingers that <laughs> Viserys has on one hand, okay? While Alicent is keeping a low oh, profile, yes. uh, right? Like, she's she is starting to play the game. She's clearly learned the lessons from her father, right. who is a master kind of uh, game player, politicker, uh, little finger adjacent. Um, she convinces Rainier to come along on the hunt, despite her being very mopey and emo and not mm. wanting to go. She kind of talks Viserys into helping Damon, right, at the end of the episode, into finally sending support to Damon in Corliss's war against the crab feeder. So she, in her own kind of uh, subtle way, she's pulling some strings. Yeah, yeah, she's she's not as like forceful as the other ones. She's very good at kind of like getting her way with just little looks and little nods yeah. and little little conversations. So we're at the royal hunt. Uh, and there's news of a fabled white heart, which is like a big white deer, uh, which would be a powerful royal omen on Aegon's B-Day. But the other big news is who Rhaenyra might be married to oh. eventually. Jason Lannister, ever heard of that name? He shoots his shot and he misses, uh, but he has the king's blessing, but she's not into it, clearly. Uh, the honey wine doesn't taste so great. Uh, <laughs> Lord Lionel Strong suggests the sea snake's son, Laenor Valeron, as a potential match. And Otto Hightower goes for the wild card suggestion uh, to marry off uh, Rhaenyra to Aegon, uh, her little brother. And gets laughed, gets laughed in his at. face. <laughs> he gets laughed at for the suggestion. <laughs> I mean, this is not out of the realm of Targaryens to marry no. their siblings, but this is something that like the church does not like. Uh, and they're never for this this kind of behavior because it goes against the what what the the royal church has to say. Both both the incesty and the wild age difference <laughs> not out of keeping with uh, no, no. general Game of Thrones, but specifically with Targaryen heritage. There, yeah. Right. Viserys uh, uh, gets. Real schnookered, real wasted yeah. at his party. Hey, it's his party. He can yeah. drink if he wants I to. I mean, we were talking about the 
the chalice mm. on this man. Good, okay, good cups I mean, on this, he this is, episode. He is the Lord of the Seven Kingdoms, okay? So, of yeah. course, he's going to have a good cup. But he is he's pounding yeah, that yeah. Dornish wine or wherever that wine's from. Um, and, you know, we were talking a little bit about this is, I think Viserys is an ineffectual leader, right? Mm. He's not a man of action. He's kind of gets torn. He's, he's like back and forth. Uh, but it's clear it's like he's weighed down by the burden of being a ruler. Yeah. I don't think he was necessarily built for this, right? He's not a hyper-confident guy. Uh, probably in good ways a lot of the time because he's not rushing his kingdom into battle mm -hmm. and war a lot, right? He's hesitant. He He's reigning over peace and he wants to maintain that peace if at all possible. But also it's clearly like eating him from the inside yeah. or physically from the outside with his maladies, right? And he's clearly mentally starting to deteriorate. Right. We even pointed out, um, it looks like they gave him a different wig this yeah, episode. Yeah, hairline's a little further and, back. And there's a little less volume yeah. in that Targaryen white mane. He's, he's getting older and he's clearly like falling apart. Yeah. And yeah, he's a guy who wasn't, it, it wasn't like he was prepped to be king from birth. Uh, yes. Because his his father was like fourth of Jaehaerys' kids, so he was not like in the line right from the jump. It was very later on in his life that it was like, oh, you might get to be king, uh, and that kind of I, I, he 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 doesn't want to be king. He doesn't want to go to war. He doesn't want to have these fights. He just wants to work on his model in his room. <laughs> yes. Leave him alone. Yes, and like. He, he clearly that that was like never more apparent than during that drunken scene and during his conflicts with Rhaenyra where I love he has this line right even I am not above mm. uh, the customs of yeah. the land or whatever right which is basically him saying hey I was forced to have to do I'm the this. king and I have to do this yeah and you're gonna be forced to do yeah. it he wasn't happy to do all of yeah. this politicking and marrying uh, for advantage yeah, you gotta go like well. that uh, well, I'm sick of all this politicking <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's a good take thank you, um, thank you. Uh, and so he also has this great speech in front of this big bonfire at, mm -hmm. at the hunt where he's telling uh, Alicent that he's, he's a dreamer, not yes, a dragon a rider. a big deal. Right? Which is a big deal, especially for Targaryens. We're known, it's House of the Dragons, the name of this show. And when you straight up call yourself not a dragon rider, I don't think that bodes well for your future on this show, right, my man. Right. Uh, but he's a dreamer, which throughout Game of Thrones, we've seen a lot of, especially Targaryens, right? Dreaming, having visions. Yeah. Of, of their destiny, the, yeah. the prince who was promised. Danis the Dreamer was a uh, very important Targaryen because she was the one that was like, yo, we gotta get out of Valeria because it's gonna go bad. Uh, and she basically saved the Targaryen line by getting them out of there. So being a dreamer, while being a dragon rider is a big deal and it's part of being a Targaryen, if you are a, a good dreamer yeah. and your dreams are, are true and they're right and your visions are correct, they can save them. And like Viserys, you know, he very much believes the Song of Ice and Fire. He's very paranoid about that. He's always got his dagger in every scene. You see it, it's there. He's ready for this winter to come. Uh, so I think him saying like, hey, I'm a dreamer. It's, it's him saying, maybe I'm not a great king, I'm not a dragon rider, but my dreams are important. Yes. Uh, and we need to make sure that they're correct. Well, and we know that dagger from the preview for next episode is gonna have an important yes. role in the next episode of this series. And like you pointed out in that speech, Right, as he's talking about this dream he had of seeing his son on the Iron Throne, mm -hmm. right? There's this moment of uncertainty where he's like, I'm not sure. And is he not sure if it's a son mm. on the Iron Throne? Is he not sure uh, if it's even his progeny that's on the Iron Throne, right? right? Like there's a lot of ambiguity. These dreams, as we saw like throughout Game of Thrones, right? Azura High and Prince Who Was Promised and like, oh, it could have been him and like, Oh, actually, no, it was Stannis was wrong the whole time. He right, shouldn't right. have killed his daughter. All this crazy stuff, right? 
the, the vision can be real, but your interpretation of the vision mm -hmm. is not necessarily accurate. And it feels like that's where he's being torn. Yeah. He's not sure what to believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's, he's waiting around for them to catch this, like, white stag. Because uh, unlike Baratheon, who goes out and does all the hunting himself and it winds up getting him killed, Viserys sits back and lets them corner the stag, and he'll show up when it's time to do the stabbing. Uh, he, they do corner the stag, but it's not the fabled white one that we'd heard so much about. Uh, and so again, if you look at like visions and dreams and what they mean, like him seeing this brown stag, uh, does it mean that his son, because it is his son's birthday, uh, he shouldn't be the king? Like he's not destined to be the king. Is that what this means? He almost seems kind of relieved to see that it's not a white stag and it's just a brown one. And he's like, he's also pretty hungover, so I don't know yeah. uh, how, how he's feeling that day. Uh, Th thought your boy was a white heart. Turned out it was a brown stag. Yeah, turns out it was a brown stag. Uh, meanwhile, Rhaenyra, she dips out from most of the party and hangs out in the woods with Sir Kristen Cole. Hello. Oh, this guy is a troublemaker. Uh, they get attacked by a boar and play a little boar on the floor. Uh, but Cole <laughs> manages to stab it, and then Rhaenyra straight up murders that boar. Oh. She goes hardcore on it. Uh, drenched in blood, Rhaenyra comes back, uh, heads back to camp and comes across the White Heart on their way, but she decides to let it be. So yeah. she sees the White Heart is this part of a prophecy? Is she destined to take yes. the throne? And she, but she doesn't go after it. And it, right. does that mean she doesn't want the throne anymore? Is that her saying like, mm. I'm not interested or, in the throne? Or did she get what she needed? Just by seeing it, that's right. the omen that she needs. Like she right? shows that she's willing to kill, she'll kill the boar, but only when she needs to, right? She's not gonna go out of her way to kill well, this like white heart. Also, is it a metaphor? She's actually not willing to do whatever it takes to secure mm. her lineage. She's not willing to, to marry in a certain way right. that would guarantee she gets the throne, right? She could have. Now, also, I just wanna real quick question the practicality there's this giant white white uh, deer-like creature, yeah. right? Maybe 50 yards away from them. Sir Kristen Cole pulls out a sword. Right. My dude, are you gonna throw that sword Maybe. at that thing? How are you gonna, you're on foot. He's pretty fast. Get out of here. I they, saw him at the combines. Had, Did no. you see him at the, we, they cut it out of the episode. <laughs> at the Kingsguard combines, this guy, his 40 what? was insane. In, in, in armor? Yeah, yeah, in armor, Damn, in full armor. armor. You gotta run in the armor. I think, well, that stag could have also charged. You know, you got to be ready to defend. That's true. He's, Maybe. he's with he's with the air. He's got to be. Maybe ready there's to, a certain stag. What would a stag call sound like to attract a stag? If you want to attract the white heart, you got to give it a little. <laughs> That's a white heart call. Damn, dude, I just got hard. <laughs> white heart. <laughs> so after the hunt uh, is all said and done, Rhaenyra and Viserys have it out again. They have a little tiff. Uh, and Viserys appears to be willing to let Rhaenyra choose who she wants to wed, even though she does not seem keen on getting married and pumping out babies. Uh, he says, you know, you can get married for love, because he reveals that he actually really loved Emma yeah. and was, like, very happy to marry her. Uh, and it's clear that he does feel bad about killing her. <laughs> he does feel a lot of remorse for that. Um, and, and just her dying in general. Yeah. Well, and he's basically saying, hey, you can have both. Yeah, you can right? be in love there's, there's and a get dozen, married. There's a dozen right. dudes out here that want to marry right. you. You must have some a connection with yeah. at least one of them. I found mine. At least try to find yours. Don't be pushing back just against the concept of marrying. Exactly. Right? And yeah. most important in this conversation, he assures her that he's not trying to remove her as heir. Yeah. This is yet again him saying, like, look, I chose you and you're going to do it. I don't know if this hunt has kind of showed him with his visions and not seeing the white, mm. white heart. If you're like, yeah, maybe I should let my daughter keep he's, this for now. He's torn throughout the episode, right? Yeah. Anybody that 
that questions him having Rhaenyra as his heir, he pushes back immediately. Right. The he Lannister does, guy, yeah. the Hightowers, right? He he is not publicly second guessing himself, though we know internally he is a little torn. Yeah, right. That's his own little mini rebellion. It's like everyone is on his, everyone on his council and Otto Hightower. They're all like, you have to do these things as king. Like you have to get married again, right? Yeah. And here's who you should marry. And his response to that is like, I'll get married again, but I'm marrying Alicent the one that most of you told me not to marry yeah. or didn't suggest for me to marry. So it's like, he's willing to do the things, but he is going to have his own little rebellion inside. So like, yes, you have to name an heir, but I'm going to name my daughter, even though you all yeah. hate that idea. Well, also maybe speaks to, maybe not the best decision maker. Yeah, maybe they're not a great for, king. For the family. They're not uh, all winners. They're not all that's winners. That's right. Hey, uh, now, finally, our, where, where we end the episode, we head to the step zones um, where the triarchy has really figured out a nice counterpunch to dragons, and that's caves. Caves, baby. Who knew that the Achilles heel of giant fire-breathing dragons is just to chill out in caves? Well, uh, is, this, is this the Vietnam of Westeros? Right? That's right, that's they're right. They're dug into the tunnels, they can't get them out, uh, and they're just like, you know what? It's a tie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, because, right, like, we, you could drop napalm all day, yeah. but hey, man, we're in foxholes, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, right, we're at this, uh, this breaking point the Valerian forces are uh, mutinying. They're right? almost like, out of ships. They're out, almost out of ships. They're not going to get reinforcements in time. Uh, the two, uh, Corliss and his brother, are at each other, yeah, right? Yeah. With the his... Lord of Complaints. Ayo. Ever heard of him? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. Uh, and just when things are at their breaking point, Damon rides in. Uh, at the same time that a messenger from the king shows up, he's like, hey, the king says I'm going to help. Now, normally... What's that phrase? What do you not want to do to the messenger? You don't want to kill the messenger. Or, or yeah. It's or at least not beat him with your helmet. Well, and we don't know. We didn't check the vitals on that messenger. We assume he survives. He limps back uh, to King's Landing. I bet, but, I bet the whole time they were heading to the step zones, he's like, the king gave me the message, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm giving <laughs> it to <laughs> Damon, all right? I'm the big dog here. I get the nice cot as we're traveling to the step stones. He's walking up, this is my big moment. And, and oh, of, yeah, I'm of, giving the letter. I of, bet this is a good letter. He's going to be so happy to oh get it. Oh, my God. Mm. Of all the helmets to get beaten with, that is not a no, nice helmet to get beaten with. He dude. doesn't have a nice, smooth <laughs> helmet. He's, he was avoiding the feather side, too, because yes. he doesn't want to get the feather oh, off. Oh, there were some, some protrusions there. So he pisses him off. I want to point out, right, we were talking about this before, neither Damon nor the crab feeder speak a single line of dialogue yeah, that this was entire cool. episode. We, get we never got to hear the crab feeder speak, no. ever. No, uh, had a French accent, I'm only going to assume. <laughs> um, but we get that great long close-up shot of Damon as he processes mm. this news, right? He's furious at his brother. He wanted this, now you and I are on different pages here. Right. I think he wanted to come up here. He thought this was uh, Iraq War uh, 2001. He was gonna sweep in, get a quick double shock it yeah, shock get it a off. quick win to prove to the entire kingdom, hey, I deserve to be king. I'm a man of action. I can win this. It's been three long years. Yeah. They can't win, and in fact, it seems like they're losing. Um, and so he's already on the brink, and then now he has to get saved by his ineffectual brother, right? right? That snaps him, so he beats the messenger and they formulate this new plan. Now you think 
it's slightly different what leads into the Damon's motivations that yeah, lead into I think, the next scene. I think he was kind of slow playing the whole thing. I think Damon was fine to have this kind of long drawn out battle where he gets to fly around, he gets to kill some people every day. Yeah, he's probably frustrated that he's not winning, but he's also, much like him stealing the dragon egg and saying like, I'm getting married tomorrow. Uh, he, he wants his brother's attention. He mm -hmm. wants his brother to show up and come down there and say like, just be aware of what he's doing and like face him, come face to face with him. And then we get a letter from his, from his brother saying like, hey, I'm sending some ships and I'm praying for you and I hope you don't die. He's like, screw this, I'm tired of this. And like, he, I think he, he, it is a little bit of a suicide mission. Like maybe he's willing to die. He also knows he's not gonna die. He's, he's Damon Targaryen, he's not afraid of death. It's episode three. Yeah, uh, and so, so he's willing to go on this like suicide mission on Bloodstone. Uh, and he's draw the, the human bait, yeah. as they say, right? He's like, he wants to get this done before the ships show up. Cause he's yeah. like, if, if Viserys isn't coming, then this is over and I'm gonna end it. Yeah, cause I don't want this to be a Viserys win. Right. I want this to be a Daemon win. Right, 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 right. So right. we've got to go now. And he's humbled by this consistent losses of three years. So he's got to get off the dragon. Yeah. This is not Damon and Caraxes. This is yeah. just Damon down there on the beach. They say he's the only one that is like bold enough to go down there and do this. Yeah. And the I think the only one that they're willing to give up their safety for. Because yeah. I think in their mind, like the crab feeder is like, well, if we can get Damon, that takes a dragon yeah. rider off the the field. And like yeah. he's our biggest problem right now. Yeah. And, and so I'm they, willing they, to risk a few hundred of my men yeah, to get him. They will be suckered in yeah. to go fight him. Also, I do love still very Targaryen that like waving a false white flag. Oh, I mean, that's, right? you know, I mean, you can argue about the rules of war because I don't think the crab feeder is following the rules of war. No, I don't think the Geneva, the Geneva the convention yeah. does not uh, cover feeding your enemies right. to crustaceans, right. I don't think, but it should, it, it should. should. Add it, add it um, in. Yeah, and so we get this awesome sequence where he's going, uh, as you say, um, Leroy Jenkins. All Leroy Jenkins, On baby. the um, crab feeder's army, just slicing and dicing one man, right, dodging arrows, got a little plot armor, but he takes a couple. <laughs> He takes a couple hits. He takes hits. a couple hits. Okay, and just when you just when you surrounded, we were reacting to the scene at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Boom! We get um, we get some dragon fire, and that's not Caraxes. No, that it's is sea smoke, baby. Sea smoke, and that is Lainor Valerion riding him. Uh, now we knew the Valerions, right? They are from a similar lineage to right. the Targaryens. So we knew they were also a dragon rider well, family. Well, they're, they're not. The Valerians are not dragon riders, mm. but because Corlys married, oh, he's Lainor's half Targaryen. Targaryen. He's half. Lainor's half Targaryen, so he's got that that dragon rider blood inside of him. Great. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, and so he swoops in. We didn't know, right? This is also we were mentioning before. This is an actor time jump. The last yes. we saw Lainor, he was played by a much younger, tinier yeah, actor. He was at the 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 tournament. Yes. Uh, uh, with celebrating his, the with not his, quite birth of another future Yeah, and king. with his uh, tiny sister, who his parents were trying to marry off to yeah, a grown-ass yeah. man. Um, but clearly the last three years have uh, included puberty yeah. and some dragon training for Lainor because he comes through in the clutch, he zaps those crab feeder archers, uh, allowing uh, the Valerian forces to swoop yeah. in, defeat the crab feeder. And he's having a good old time. He's basically like, now this is dragon riding. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the crab feeder, half the man he used to be. Oh you my. know what I mean? Uh, pour uh, one out for the crab feeder, we hardly knew you. That actor does not get residuals because no. he didn't speak no any lines. lines. I, though I did love I, love, I loved his choice of like, he kind of moves like a crab, his little like ticks. Yes. I love that. Also, I mean. And he was all, he knew something was up. 
He was watching the skies constantly. Because, uh, you know, they mentioned earlier in the episode, like, oh, we're using our dragons. They mm. kind of teased that there were multiple dragons involved in this whole scenario, but we didn't know this. Uh, but he, he knew something was up. He was always on the watch, but in the end, well, and, and I wonder if there's something, too, to Caraxes is dark red. During a day battle, he's going to mm. stand out in the sky. Oh, okay. Sea smoke is, uh, you know, a lighter. He's, he's kind of gray. He's smaller. He's not as he's long smaller. body. Maybe it was easier to sneak in yeah. rather than big ass uh, blood worm there. Um, uh, but either way, right? Damon emerges victorious, and just like his niece, ends the episode with that beautiful white hair yeah, soaked in, in blood. blood. A, right? a nice parallel there. And, and like, again, this show is taking place after a long period of peace. Right. So like most of these characters, right? That's why Kristen Cole becomes, uh, uh, gets his promotion, right? Because he's one of the few people in this entire show that has seen battle. Mm -hmm. And now Rhaenyra and Damon have seen their own version of battle, have yeah. come out of it hardened, maybe more confident, maybe ready to attack the rest of this season. Uh, that's right, and we're very excited to attack the rest of this episode, but first, be sure to check out NewRockStarsMerch.com where you can grab our newest, latest obsession shirt, Ashen Ruin, inspired by all the fire and blood action on House of the Dragon. Now, this is a limited edition shirt, and it will be gone faster than Viserys' digits, hey so be sure to grab yours today at NewRockStarsMerch.com, and when you grab this latest Obsession shirt, you unlock the opportunity to get a custom shout out that will appear right here on Talking Dragons. And we might even read them live on the air, just like these. Uh, Jessica Lee Jones Daniel is the true heir to the throne. Suck it. Can we say suck it? Suck it. We can say uh, suck it. That's from Danny D. Nice uh, one, Danny D. And Darth, Dr Darth Dr Draconis, yeah. Darth Draconis is on the rise, baby. Uh, and that's from Sean G. Nice. Uh, so yeah, be sure to check out New Rockstars merch dot com and grab that shirt. And, and you know, the latest obsession shirts, as Brandon said, they're always limited edition. I'm actually wearing uh, the limited edition latest obsession shirt from The Batman. Uh, and they release cool ones all the time. There's a great one out right now also for She-Hulk. There'll be a cool one coming out soon for Andor. Um, we also want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Secret Lab. They make uh, fancy, funky gaming and desk office chairs. Very nice quality, yes. comfortable chairs. And they did us a solid. Um, I don't know if we have, do we have the camera angle to be able to show this? We might need to pull it onto camera. Um, but they sent us some really cool uh, House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones uh, gaming chairs and like, they not only have the kind of cool fun, you get your Stark emblem or your Lannister emblem or your Game of Thrones yeah, symbol of on it, designs. but like great detail. We were pointing oh, yeah. out like the House of the Dragon one has this kind of like dragon scale yeah, pattern on it. Beautiful uh, different types of fabrics, like the little dragon scale patterns, little dragons hidden on it. It's yes. very cool. Uh, and you can get one and just check out their entire line over at secretlab.co slash Game of Thrones. Again, that's secretlab.co slash Game of Thrones. Thank you to Secret Lab for sending us those cool chairs. Um, so as we were saying, like we were all surprised to see another dragon take to the skies this episode, along with Laenor Valerian on his back, uh, confirming that this son of Rhaenys and Corlys Valerian is a dragon rider. But did it really take three years of fighting to come up with this like great plan that would end it immediately? It all leads us to our big question this week. Who is Sea Smoke and why wasn't he used sooner? Uh, uh, it is very interesting. I assumed like that because there's been kind of three years going on, we just haven't seen them. Mm. You you know yeah. they've been using Sea Smoke because this clearly wasn't Lanor's like first dragon ride. I mean he's been on a dragon before. He knew what he was doing. 
so I, I, I took it to be that like, it took them three years to kind of get the triarchy cornered on this one little island, which I believe they called Bloodstone. Uh, and that's where they're like, they're holding siege, right? They're kind of blockaded, they're surrounded, they're stuck in there, but they can't kill off all these people. As we saw at the beginning of the episode, right? The dragon can come down and then blow a little fire into the cave, but it's not doing much, and he's just open season for yeah. uh, for whoever's on the dragon's back down there. I did love that guy. The guy save the me, prince! Like, My prince is here to save me! And then getting the squash. squish. Maybe one of the funniest moments uh, in all of the Game of Thrones to date, but very, very good. Uh, well, and one thing I think is hinted at in this sequence, right, is maybe Sea Smoke, sea smoke and Laenor was being held back by clearly Damon was running the show. Yeah, yeah. Damon on Caraxes, right? And so really, it again, took him to the, the brink of failure before he realized his strategy of just going in there, guns a-blazing on his dragon was not working. He had to be humbled. He had to literally humble himself down to ground level, mm -hmm. right? With just one man, one plan, and a sword, right? Uh, and, and it was only then, right, that Sea Smoke and Lenor were able to be truly helpful, not as dragon number two, but really as the lead dragon yeah. with, with your uh, distant cousin down there on the ground. Yeah. Um, I like that, and you, you had pointed out because Lenor is older in the books, yes, right. He would have been more experienced. Maybe they would have shown him more actively involved in the battle up until that point. But because we're assuming maybe this also is kind of his first big move. Maybe he'd been participating, but they weren't as confident in both this pretty young kid. Yeah, he's, he's a younger and, guy in, and, the, in the in the show, and and it's a young dragon. Yeah, right. Yeah, Sea Smoke is, is Lenor's dragon. He was bonded with it as a baby. Like you know how they, they talk about they want to put the egg with with the kid. So that's his dragon. Uh, yeah, in the books, he's a little older. He was involved in like the Great Council and all that stuff. But it, it, for the purposes of the show, he's younger. I think it's smart because they he's clearly like a, a, an option for Rhaenyra. Yes. You know, a more age make appropriate. A lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and as uh, Lord Strong loves to point out <laughs> to Viserys, like I keep telling you, you need to join forces with uh, House Valeron because like you two together, these two houses tied together through marriage would be so incredibly powerful. It would put to bed a lot of the, the guff the between you. Yeah, because Lord Corliss, the sea snake, he's no longer the master of ships, right? In no. the last episode, he basically was like, I quit. Uh, and that's why there's a Lannister now who's like the head of ships, who was the, who was the twin of Jason, who yes. was like basically being like, we need to go deal with the Stepstones. Uh, and Viserys is like, I don't give a crap about the Stepstones. I don't care, it's my brother, yeah. acting a fool. All right. So yeah, it was cool to see this like plan come and like work. Uh, but yeah, it does see, it, it does kind of feel like they were slow playing it for the purposes of the story. You know, we don't, we don't see much of it. Now in the books, again, this is just like a page in the book, right? It's basically like, it just mentions offhandedly that Damon kills the crab feeder, cuts off his head with Dark Sister. Uh, I love that they go for the, cuts off his half of his body, Ooh. almost making him look like a crab, which I, I loved, like all oh. the little things. Just torso and arms. Just yeah. torso, arms, and guts, baby. Kind of cracked him open like a soft shell. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, did, I did really like seeing that. Uh, I think you gotta know too, when, when Damon's on your island and he's waving the white flag, be suspicious, but also when he's like, here, I'm gonna give you Dark Sister. Like, please, no, dude. do not get close to the guy. No, nobody's giving up Valerian steel. No, no okay? Way. Especially not to some diseased goon. Yeah, he's, he's never giving it up. Uh, that's a very important sword uh, uh, to the Targaryens. Um, 
But did you like this plan? Do you think it was a good way to end the, end the war? I think I did like it. Both it made for a beautiful action set piece. Yeah. But also it, it was a great character developer for Damon's character, mm -hmm. right? Like A, he's been labeled the most dangerous man in the realm, right? We've heard people say that. But that danger is kind of implied to be like, because he makes bad decisions and he's a little kooky or whatever, right? But now we see like, no, he's also like the most dangerous in that like he wins battles, yeah. right? We also, that this is the first time really in this whole season we've seen somebody out there chopping heads, right? Like just doing some Jon Snow, right. Jamie Lannister level, sword play, one man army kind of stuff. Um, and that was really cool, right? A lot of this battle harken back to Battle of the Bastards, mm -hmm. right? Where for very different reasons, Jon Snow like rushes into battle by himself. That was unplanned and clearly this was planned. I also think like somebody here is a good strategist. I think we're left to assume it's Damon, right? But like this was clearly a good strategy. Now, one could argue why did it take him three years to come up with this, but. Again, I yeah, I think it's like you need to get the triarchy to this point where they've been winnowed down. Yeah. They're stuck on this one island because presumably before they were just kind of all over the place picking off wherever they needed to. But you got them trapped, you got them cornered, you got them to a point where you can finally finish them off in, in one fell swoop. Uh, I love your point about like who's the good strategist here. Uh, it was Lenor who pointed out that like, hey, we need Damon to do this. Oh, like, good point. He's crazy enough to do it. Uh, but it also felt that like, you know, this was like, Viserys says this is Corlys and Damon's war, but it really felt like Corlys's war, yes. right? Everyone at the plotting table, it's all it's all the Valerians. They're the ones kind of running this, and it feels like Damon probably doesn't care. Like we know he doesn't want to. He didn't want to be a part of the the small council. He just wanted to run his little his little city watch. Uh, so I I don't think he liked going to the planning meetings. No, I think he just like showing up. Killing off a few pirates and then... And, but know. he wants to be king, yes. right? He's said that out loud. He wants to be named heir. And he saw this as a vehicle yeah. to establish that claim, right? And they, and they certainly tease that next week, uh, this is this is going to give him great renown uh, and show that he is a powerful ruler. Yes, king of the narrow sea, he says in the teaser for next That's episode. Right. Um, we want to quickly shout out a couple uh, folks that helped us bring this episode to you like our friends Mint Mobile. When it comes to ruling, there is always a catch. Maybe you might have to marry your infant sibling. Maybe. Gross. Maybe. maybe maybe being the king is actually killing you slowly by infecting your flesh. Awful. Uh, that same is true for wireless phone service, okay? There's <laughs> always a catch. There's always a catch. But thankfully, Mint Mobile is out there offering premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. And the best part, no catch. No catch! Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Uh, many folks here at New Rockstars have switched to Mint Mobile, uh, including a few of our editors, uh, Philip Molina. They all really like it. They were able to keep their phones, their numbers, their contacts, and they just straight up save a bunch of money. They get good service, everything like that. Uh, they've loved uh, ever since they made the switch. And so for anyone out there who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate, whether you're buying for one or a family. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash big Q. That's mintmobile.com slash big Q. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash big Q. Thank you to Mint Mobile.
Well, Zach, now that the crab feeder is dead, we don't have to worry about the triarchy threatening the Stepstones any longer. But one thing we do still have to worry about is cybercrime. Thankfully, Avast is a global leader in cyber protection for more than 30 years and trusted by over 435 million users and prevents over 1.5 billion, with a B, attacks every month. Wow. Avast all... Avast's new all-in-one solution, Avast One, helps you take control of your safety and privacy online through a range of features. Avast One is their best protection yet, giving you everything you need to take control of your safety and privacy online and accessible through a single, easy-to-use interface. A vast multitude of features provide you with privacy and security as you scour the web and even help with your machine's performance. I personally like their award-winning antivirus that stops viruses and malware from harming my devices, as well as their data breach monitoring that will alert you if your online accounts have been compromised. That's always great to know because the companies don't always tell you. Uh, They even have PC speed up, which optimizes the background activity of your apps in order to speed up your PC. Thanks to Avast One for supporting Big Question. Confidently take control of your online world with Avast One. It helps you stay safe from viruses, phishing attacks, ransomware, hacking attempts, and all other cybercrimes. Learn more about Avast One at Avast.com. Again, check out Avast One at Avast.com. All right. We were also wondering, right? Like, it is, I don't know that anybody ever directly says it in the episode, but it Mm -hmm. is heavily implied by his look. The crab feeder has grayscale. Yes, and if you ever watch after the episode, they have like the creators talk about the show a little bit. They did confirm that it was grayscale. Yeah, it definitely is grayscale. You could see it on the side of his face. If you remember from Game of Thrones, this is like uh, uh, something that uh, uh, what's his face is Stannis, Stannis Baratheon has it. Has yeah. it? Uh, uh, it's it's a disease. Uh, there's like famously the stone men of Valeria, right? Yeah. That all have it. And it's basically like a kind of a leprosy, right? Yes. But it's transferred by touch, touch and blood. Uh, and, you know, Damon Targaryen was clearly covered in the crab feeder's blood, chopped him in half. Maybe he didn't know about the grayscale. I don't know. But do you think he's at risk of getting grayscale now? Because this was something that was different from the books. It's not, it's not said in the books that the Crab Theater had grayscale. Mm. So this is kind of a new element they've added in. Uh, again, the books are, especially Fire and Blood, it's kind of like an unreliable narrator. Uh, a lot of times you get a Rashomon-style like, account of what happened from different perspectives, and little, little details are different. This show, you know, it's done with George R.R. R. Martin, uh, and it, it's kind of filling in the holes and saying, like, yes, this did happen, and it fits with the book. So do you think this grayscale thing is going to come up at all? I say no, and here's why. I think they gave him grayscale because in-universe, grayscale is a great way to make a character very ugly. Yeah. Right? (laughs) It is a deforming, nasty skin disease, right? Uh, And they wanted it for the contrast between Damon and the crab feeder. Damon is a handsome gentleman, Mm -hmm. right? Matt Smith got that jawline, that silky white <laughs> hair, that nice porcelain complexion. The crab feeder, no hair, just a couple nasty wisps coming out the back of that some, harpy some mask. Some glaucoma issues, maybe? Yes, there's some weird eye stuff going on. Obviously, his skin is raggedy. And I think they wanted to contrast that because by the end, guess who's looking a little bit more like the crab feeder? Oh. Damon, right? He <laughs> has to life. get down and dirty to defeat this enemy. And I think that was the metaphor they were looking for, right? Beauty has to, he literally has to come off his high horse, the horse in this case being a dragon, yeah. in order to defeat this nasty, grubby, crustacean-level uh, <laughs> enemy, right? I think that's what they wanted out of the grayscale, more so than, like, the threat of uh, contagion. Yeah, we also have to remember that the Targaryens have 
powers mm. in a weird way. Uh, most notably, like their resistance to heat and fire. Yes. You know, obviously, uh, 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 in Game of Thrones, um, Daenerys sits in a fire and like is unburnt. She's the unburnt. Multiple times. Ever heard yeah. of it? Uh, but also in the very first episode, if you remember Viserys, when he was down in the catacombs and looking at Balerion's skull, the skull of that dragon, he was holding his hand over the flames, if you remember that. Kind of being like, I am a Targaryen, I'm resistant to fire, like that's my yes. thing. Uh, so it, I think that whatever this weird kind of resistance the Targaryens have to fire and some diseases, I think it's gonna keep them it, safe. It, it's also heavily implied in Game of Thrones that uh, dragon scale comes from Valeria. Mm. Right, like uh, that's where the stone man yeah, are, yeah, yeah. right? Like there's some connection possibly to dragons, right? So maybe as also descendants of Valeria, the Targaryens have some like kind of built-in built -in immunity, uh, right? Okay, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. it would make sense that the crab feeder would catch it because he's sailing around. Maybe he yes. was sailing around Valeria looking for artifacts. Maybe that's where he got his little harpy mask. Oh I yeah, know. good part. Uh, I, I, my theory is that that's flotsam and jetsam. Those are things that wash up on shore, right? He's a man of the beach. He's just picking up random items. You think, My thoughts. I mean, the crab feeder definitely at his house has like one of those driftwood coffee tables. Yes. For sure. Yeah, he's got like the buoys just oh, hanging yeah, yeah, as yeah. decoration. A like little, it's like, a net up in the corner. Like it's a Joe's Crab Shack yeah. location. Is, yeah. he, is he like stapling gold coins to the wall? Yeah, maybe like, yeah, dollar. you can sign your name on a dollar bill yeah, and yeah. put that up on the Crab Shack's cave. Dude, yeah. oh, I'm gonna miss the crab feeder. Mm. Uh, another question I had uh, about this episode, what do we make of Rhaenyra and Damon's respective baptisms by blood? You know, we've kind of mentioned this. What do we think like they're really trying to show us here? I, I think I kind of sold it out earlier, right? This is both of these characters. This is their claim to the throne, right? Hey, I've, I've done some stuff. I'm a person of action. The current king, not a person of action, right? He needs that. He needs that buck held down for him. And even then he can't deliver yeah, the killing yeah, blow. Yeah. Both He's these, over. Get it. Okay. The gods are punishing him for his indulgence. He, he, can't, he can't deliver that killing blow. Both of these characters can and do. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rhaenyra delivers several Kill, killing, killing blows. blows. We can only assume Crabfeeder yeah. got taken out in one whack. There's a great but. kind of moment too, as she's walking back into the camp covered in this blood, a few of the men like look over and they give her the old like, hey, good job. Yeah. Way to, way to get dirty or, or maybe it's even a little bit of like, mm. you've never been hotter to me. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what I mean? I love a little boar's blood on my ladies, you hey, know what I'm talking hey, about? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Zach, that this is them both showing like, I deserve it. I've earned it. I've gone through my my bloody ordeal. Uh, and maybe even convincing themselves a little bit, right? Not just the other people around, but like, yeah, I now believe I can do it. I've overcome this seemingly insurmountable thing and like now I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, Zach, this is Talking Dragons, which is a fantasy after show. So let's talk about the other big fantasy show on the docket right now. Let's do a little talking Tolkien. Yes, right? we're doing a little Rings of Power. Let's now, talk a little bit about Rings of Power. Now, real quick, uh, we're not gonna be able to go into a ton of depth, right? No. They dropped two episodes on us. Three hours of content is too much for us to get into in about 45 minutes or an hour of yeah, this yeah. content. But we are just gonna do kind of a quick run through of some things we like, some things we're looking forward to on Rings of Power. I wanted to say real quick, before you get into a plot synopsis, I think one cool thing, and what a nice time it is to be alive for fans of fantasy, right? In that. It would be easy to lump these two shows together because they're coming out at about the same time, big, expensive productions, right? 
But I love that there are also some significant differences between these two yeah. shows. They are approaching their content in very different ways. They're giving us different stuff. I think it's really cool. I don't think you have to be a fan of one or the other. No, for me, I'm enjoying, very shows. I'm enjoying both for completely different reasons, yeah. right? I, I, I thought of this metaphor. You, you let me know if this works for you. Give it to it's me. a little bit like a John Wayne Western versus a Clint Eastwood Western, Ooh. okay? I think the Rings of Power is the John Wayne. That is the archetype that is good versus evil. Yes, it is very, like pretty very clearly defined. Yeah, white hat, black hat. Game of Thrones is the anti-Western. That's that's Clint Eastwood. That's Pale Rider, Outlaw Josie Wales, High Plains Drifter, right? That is taking the archetype that was established by Tolkien in the 40s or whatever, right? And breaking it apart, go, swerving, right? Breaking your right. expectations. And so I think it's cool. You can enjoy both of those things. Yeah. I think uh, that's what we're getting right now. So let's give a little quick synopsis of what's going on in Rings of Power. We're in the second age of Middle-earth. The elves have driven the evil forces of Morgoth away, uh, and they think they've gotten rid of Sauron, but Glad Galadriel knows otherwise. The elves have built quite an infrastructure on Middle-earth. They've got buildings everywhere, towers, yes. police forces, but it seems like neither the men nor the dwarves want them there. Everyone wants them out. Get out of here, you knife ears. Uh, and running around beneath all of them are the Harfoots, including Nori Brandyfoot, who has found a big man who fell from the sky. Big I'm saying man. We don't know what quote he unquote is. giant. They call him a giant. Uh, he could be bigger than a normal man. We haven't had a normal man near. There's some wizard-like properties. He's got a beard. I don't know. I don't know. Um, there are some mystical artifacts that are making their ways into different characters' possessions, including a very uh, Pulp Fiction-esque what's in the briefcase moment with the dwarves magical sword hilt uh maybe uh and and beneath all of this the orcs are tunneling around stealing people from their homes uh which i think is adorable uh <laughs> it's all setting the stage for another middle earth shattering battle uh so you had this idea zach and i really like this let's do a quick either or between the two shows uh, through their opening episodes, yeah. where we're at right and, now. And, and these are just like a couple categories, because again, I like that these shows yeah, are approaching- very different shows. Very different, right? Like um, the more magical show. Well, that's clearly Rings of Power. Yeah, Rings of right? Power's got the magic right now. Game of Thrones and this, you know, all of the Game of Thrones franchise, other than the occasional zombie mountain or something like that, you know, yeah. a little wildfire here or there, it's, it's just dragons or the magic, right? Maybe right. a smoke monster, uh, whatever, but like, for the most part, Game of Thrones is set in a realistic universe. Well, and yeah, Game of Thrones, you know, the magic in Game of Thrones works some of the time, doesn't yes. work other moments of time. Yes. It's more of like, we'll try this out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see if this works. Whereas in, in Rings of Power, right, we're getting... There's proof of concept. Yes, <laughs> we're getting crazy elf uh, fight sequences where they're dancing on yeah. the, the ends of blades, you right? you got a guy from the sky who's talking to fireflies. Yes. Like, there's some real magic going there's on There's some here. real magic. Uh, yeah. Now, on the other end, sexier show. Oh, okay. Okay, now this is, this is open to interpretation. This is definitely open to interpretation. So far, only one has given us nudity. Right. Though, though the man from the sky, the stranger... Was almost nude. Yeah, he had a cod piece. There, there was there piece. was a loincloth of yeah. some of some kind. Uh, but we've seen, I believe, two Damon Targaryen cheeks. <laughs> we've seen both we've seen cheeks. Both of cheeks. Damon Targaryen. That's now, twice, as, lot of twice the, as many cheeks as Ring of Power have given us. A lot of the nudity on Game of Thrones or, or House of the Dragon involves what we will call pillow houses, <laughs> which I think <laughs> is the cutest term to give the uh, the concept of uh, uh, a brothel of human trafficking yes yeah uh, so I don't know how sexy that is to some people yeah and, and I will say like though, though Damon did take one of the women with him he took uh, yeah. his lady to dragon there, and, and pretended to say he was gonna marry yeah. her there's been
been literal sex on House of the Dragon. Yes. No actual sex, though. Though there was a little. I did love the Harfoots looking down on the stranger in his crater and being like, hubba hubba. hubba. There was definitely a little hubba hubba action there. There's also and, maybe some implied stuff going on. Yes. In, in Between Bronwyn and Arendir, right? Like yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely some smoldering elf on human action there. Well, so, and her, is, is Theo her son? Yes. He does look a little Ooh. a little like Arendir. I don't know. I, I kind of like Well, and there's a, there's a, a, little bit there's a like, missing dad. Missing dad. Right? Uh, which is a little Chekhov's missing dad. Yeah, right, yeah. that's going to be important somehow. Especially, it looks like Theo is going to play a really big part yeah. going on. I do as, love too how like the elves are all like sexy. Yes, they're all beautiful, and like that's one of their things where it's like if you're pretty, you're an elf. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they no, be suspicious. much like the Targaryens, no bald elves. No, no, no acne scarred elves. They get uh, to live forever with all their hair. Though, damn, the humans of the Southland. Ragged. Rough life. <laughs> rough life down there. No, besides besides homegirl Bronwyn, yeah. not a lot They're of attractive humans on this show, okay? It's a lot of dudes uh, chopping the heads off of fish <laughs> with freaking mangled old uh, faces and gray hair. And what are you like talking to the knifeys? What's so good about them? I don't know. Maybe they take a bath? Jeez, Southland. Hey, get it together. Um, oh, now this is, a, this is a good one. Okay. Better food show. Mm. Now, this was a very food-forward... House of the Dragon episode. Yeah, we got we, we got some shots of the big feast. Yeah. Though they weren't always shown in the most appetizing light. We cut directly from crab feeder to a giant, you know, uh, spit roasted <laughs> yeah, pig yeah, or I something that. like that. Uh, not super appetizing, and we mostly get you know King uh, Slam and wine there, yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed to Rings of Power. Boy, those Harfoots love them some berries, don't the they? The berries look good. This, and the little escargot? The raw snails? I don't know about Not the so raw much. snail. I love an escargot. Cook my snail, please. Oh, also we get black milk coming out of uh, <laughs> the cow. Okay. That was disturbing. Maybe neither show right now is really winning in the better food show. Now, here's a category. I, I think I, I think House of Dragons is winning in better okay. food. So far. So okay. far. Okay. But I, I think Rings of Power is going to sneak Cer in there. Certainly the sommelier on House of the Dragon is doing some work. Yeah. We're getting, right, uh, honey Jason wine. Jason Lannister was able to, like, snap his fingers to get some wine. Hell yeah. It was great. They had pigs in a rotating spit. <laughs> this is this is technology at work. Uh, now, this is probably a question we, we should say. Jessica mm. knows a lot more about this topic than either of us. But <laughs> better wigs, okay? Ooh. Now, I will say, both shows leaning heavily on wigs. All those right. Targaryens are, are wearing yeah, some fancy wigs. white wigs. Almost every character, it seems like, in... Except for the elves, and that's been controversial online. A lot of people pissed that some of the elves have short hair. Whatever. What are you going to do? Uh, hey, long hairs can be impractical. Ask I mean, you can get mad about it, but just remember, it's all made up. That's it's right. all made up nonsense. That's right. that's right. If you're getting mad, you're the fool. <laughs> uh, there's a great... You're the mummer's farce yeah. if you're getting mad uh, at th it. There's a great phrase in uh, improv comedy where if you're the only one in the room not having fun, you're the asshole. So I will just say, if you hate one of these shows, quit watching it. Watch the other show. Ooh, Zach, okay? Zach coming hard on That's Talking what I'm Dragon. saying. You don't have to consume all content, okay? You don't have to love it. It's not made for you. Okay, sorry. So what I'll say is better. I think the wigs on House of the Dragon are better okay. with, with the asterisk that the beard work on those oh, dwarves. Those dwarves. Was so good. The braided beard tucked in. Rich. I love that the helmet's got a beard guard. Yes. I mean, the beard work really saved the episode. That dwarf sequence, I mean, yeah. 
Great beard work, great costuming on this series. Same costumer that worked on the Jackson yeah. films. Though, as, um, as behind the scenes Dashiell pointed out, we want full beards on those dwarf ladies. Come I on. Know. They Give them short. full beards. Uh, um, the, the, the princess there, the dwarven princess, just kind of had some like mutton Give chop full action going on. Not full beards. Give the ladies full um, beards. And then finally, right, it, it, it so far, both these series seem to have interesting themes kind of as they relate to modern society, even though neither mm. of these series are set on Earth in a world that we recognize, right? They, of course, reflect back the world we know in 2022. House of the Dragon, very upfront about, right, investigating, tackling, whatever, misogyny, right? Like this kingdom doesn't want to see a woman on the throne. What's it like for a woman in this world versus a man, yada, yada. Whereas Rings of Power, is playing with a lot in all of Tolkien's work, is playing with race a lot. Now, right. this is specifically like different races of creatures. <laughs> like species, species specifically. right? <laughs> Elves versus dwarves versus men versus orcs, whatever. But like, you can't help but see the metaphor there, right? right? And certainly with Erendir, uh, uh, is played by a non white person, right? Which even makes it more in contrast when yeah. there's a non white elf interacting uh, with humans, right? Um, and I think like, which of those for you is kind of tackling that theme or, or investigating that mm. like more effectively so far? Uh, I, I really think, uh, I like House of the Dragons, what they're kind of taking it, what they're kind of showing us with the idea of like the patriarchy and what's gonna change. I also love the idea that, you know, you have these, the men of science, like the maesters, right? They're still just trying to figure things out. Yeah. Like everything's changing and always evolving. But it, it, it does feel like a lot of what we've already heard on Game of the Thrones, Game of Thrones, where which which almost is a great mirror, and that like in the 200 years, not much is going to change yeah. in Westeros. Yep. Uh, much like uh, you know, in our world, like the Middle Ages, not much changed from the beginning to the end of the Middle Ages. Right. It took getting to Enlightenment to really yes. push us forward and get us there. I mean, we, not to step on our power rankings, which is coming next. We know some things are changing. Those Valerians. Not looking good for you in the next couple of years, good. my dudes. There's not a lot of you in Game of Thrones. That's all I got to say. Uh, yes. Look out, guys. Yeah. Uh, but I do like what Rings of Power is kind of showing the idea of, you know, if you let these divisions of, of species or race divide you, you're missing the bigger problem. Yes. Right? If you're so focused on, on these things. Like, that's what I don't understand with all these people who want the elves to leave. It's like the elves came in and cleaned up shop. They, 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 they drove out the evil. You guys should be happy that they're here. Trying to keep the peace. I think, but our differences naturally separate us, and that's why it's a bigger deal when there's a fellowship. Yeah. Right? When oh. the species have to come together, oh. it means more mm. if we're not chilling, yeah. hanging out all the no time. Because no one trusts right? each other. No. Like, the dwarves don't trust the elves. The elves don't trust anybody. The yeah. people don't trust the elves. It's, it's all about mistrust, uh, and they're going to let this evil kind of grow right beneath them. Uh, literally right beneath them, because yes. they're too busy fighting each other. Yep. Uh, so let's do let's do our power rankings. Do we want to do them for both shows? You, you want to pull uh, a little yeah, power real quick, for both shows? Yeah, real quick. Real okay. quick. I'll say big winners. Obviously, who's up this week in our power rankings? Obviously, Damon Targaryen. Big win for Damon. Big win for Damon. Gets that kill. Our first mm -hmm. baddie of the series is Dunzo. Mm -hmm. We were speculating. Do they need a new outside threat? Right? Because like this show is so insular. It's these same like characters in court kind of like backstabbing each other. Maybe we need some more outside threats to worry about. Who knows? I like that. I like um, that. But Damon, big win for Damon. I think a big win for Rhaenyra this week. Yeah, she's she kind of showed everyone, all the Bannermen, right, were at this like hunt. And I think her kind of showing back up, covered in blood, got a big boar, just on my own, just with my buddy Kristen Cole here. 
I think that was a big win for her, definitely. I also think uh, Corliss Valerian is way up this week on yeah. the back of Damon. Yeah. His his little like wager, him him walking away as Master of Ships. And joining forces with Damon, I think it paid off well for him. And, and by proxy, his son, yeah. right? Lainor kind of making his first appearance on the power charge this week. And certainly that only benefits his father, yeah. right? When Had his son showing. is a bigger player and is doing some dragon a riding out there. Yeah. Uh, now, who's down? Just just let's keep with House of the Dragon. Yeah, who's down on House I of mean, the Dragon? I mean, Crabfeeder. Morning until we join <laughs> Crabfeeder's down for good. Down, down, down. Uh, my guy's down bad. Uh, oh, Viserys, definitely down. Viserys what, is definitely down. We were, we were speculating what body part's going to be gone next episode on Viserys. I want to see him lose like a nose or Ooh. something. Like, just like something he can't hide anymore. Because yeah. right now he can hide everything. I think the next thing he loses is going to be harder to hide. Yeah. Harder to hide. Good point. Oh, maybe he's, maybe he's like a... Like an, uh, an ear goes away. Yeah, maybe he's like chair bound, bed bound yeah. at some point, right? Not looking good for him and his degradation there. Also, when it, when when him and Allison are getting busy, carnal, yeah. uh, do you think she's like, don't touch me with the... <laughs> keep, the the, keep the gloves on. Keep the gloves on. avoiding the like, my, damage my pieces? King. <laughs> my king, please keep the, the also, gloves on. Also, yeah, uh, don't ever show your back to me. That must be the state of his back wound. Oh, his back must be looking awful. Uh, his back must be looking awful. I'll also say uh, the Lannisters went down a notch. Not this looking week. good. Their they showed up and, and immediately they dropped down. Didn't look good. Not a good look for the Lannisters. The nouveau riche. A, a secret might be on the up and up. The Strongs. Ooh. Okay, we got Badfoot Strong there. Yeah. Right. The one son uh, who's showing up, just eating his cookie, listening. There's yeah. something going on there, the right? The other sons were there, like uh, yes. one of his sons is Bonebreaker. Yes, he's Bone got an awesome name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the strong slowly getting in they're, there, doing they're working a little up, more work. And I, you know, the high towers are always rising too. Yes. They're they're slowly yep. working their way back up. Yep. Uh, all right, let's talk about Rings of Power. Who who do you think gained the most power in Rings mm. of Power? I mean, just by proxy to the big uh, wizard MacGuffin of the series, mm -hmm. those Harfoots. Little, oh, Lopapi and Nori. They've got a secret weapon. Is you what know, you're these were like literally woodland creatures up until this point who yeah. hid from everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Zero the interaction with the outside out creatures. Yeah, no interaction with the outside world. And now, who might be like the hugest game changer on the series, is interlinked with the Harfoot. So I think they're a big gainer. Uh, I would say like the dwarves are really up this week. Mm. Uh, they, you know, they have this secret MacGuffin. Uh, and I think it showed they have a lot of power. And also, you know, uh, uh, they show up, uh, they all show up and they're like, oh, you've done a lot in like 20 years. Yeah. They're clearly on the rise big time. Yes. Uh, and I think I think they really showed that they're up. They got an upper hand. Real quick, we forgot uh, to mention this up. earlier. Do you think Elrond legit lost that rock breaking oh. contest or did he do it to help the prince save face? I think, I think he did it to help the prince save face. I think he was ready to keep going and he was like, this... This tactic's not going to work for me. <laughs> yes. I, I can't beat him and then be on his good graces. Right. I've got to, like, lose. i got to lay it down. Yes. Uh, got to help his buddy Durin yeah, save some face. Yeah. Who's, who's down this week in the Rings of Power Power Rankings? Humans. Humans are way Humans down. Humans are doing awful. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a recurring theme in Tolkien's work. They're the least likable characters often. The most, yeah, yeah. The most susceptible to corruption by evil, right? Right. Also, I don't trust... That um, that gem maker, what's his? He's got that great Sel name. Selim Brimbor. Yes, I mean he's a little too obsessed with making something of beauty, and even drops his line to make something great needs yeah. sacrifice. 
But you sacrificed him, my man. Yeah. Also, like, you got to get this thing done by the spring. You couldn't have planned better. Not a good planner. No. Not a good planner. I don't. I mean, I know he's destined for some important stuff in the series, but I'm worried. Yeah. I am worried, too. Uh, but I can't wait to find out more on both of these shows. That's it for this episode of Big Question Presents Talking Dragons. Be sure to check us out each and every week here on New Rockstars, spitting fire with these Targaryens, and sharing snails with the Harfoots each and every week. Don't forget to check out our many great merch options at newrockstarsmerch.com. Follow me at Grin and Barrack. Follow Zach at Z Huddleston. Don't follow me. Do it. Uh, follow don't. It's cowards. not worth it. I don't post. But you can follow New Rockstars at New Rockstars on yes. Twitter and Instagram. Uh, subscribe to Big Question wherever you watch uh, or listen to podcasts. And don't forget to check out newrockstarsmerch.com yes. where you can get the latest obsession, uh, Game of Thrones uh, um, shirt and upcoming Andor shirts. There's also some great She-Hulk merch options on there. Check and some Rings of Power merch? Rings of Power merch, I think. Maybe. Uh, newrockstarsmerch.com. Thank you for watching. Jessica will be back next week. Also, keep an eye out if you're watching this uh, right when it drops. Eric's breakdown of, this ep of the episode of oh, yes. uh, House of the Dragon will be coming out soon. And he's doing a breakdown of the first two episodes of Rings of That's Power. Right. So, so keep an eye out for those. Keep an eye out for those. Yes, keep an eye out for those. And remember, I'm sick of all this politicking! <laughs> Goodbye!